Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham spike for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Hour number two on this Wild Willy Wednesday. It definitely has been wild and woolly thus far, hasn't it? <laughs> the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us from uh, Chicago. We're talking about Steph Curry last night, breaking the all-time three-point record. Field goals made, 29-74. He did that, and then he hit uh, four more after that. There it is, Steph Curry, the king, and we know that already, don't we? T.J. Reeves joined us from Tampa Bay. And uh, the big news today, coming out of here, here in Las Vegas, that the Super Bowl has been awarded to Las Vegas. And uh, we've known for about the last 48 to 72 hours that it was happening. Uh, Today they made it official uh, with an announcement at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, the story is, February 11th will be the date for Super Bowl 58 2024 Hosted by the Raiders, hosted by, of course, the National Football League and Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. You will have a week plus of festivities going on around the Las Vegas uh, community. And uh, congratulations. And for those people that have been here for two, three, four decades, did you ever think that Las Vegas would host a Super Bowl? Now, we know that nobody hosts a Super Bowl party like the city of Las Vegas, and that's been happening forever. But now to actually have the game itself here and have the facilities that we have here with 65,000-seat Allegiant Stadium, the $2 billion Allegiant Stadium, it is phenomenal. And again, it all started with you know the professional sports coming here with the Vegas Golden Knights in, in 2017, the Las Vegas Aces, the Raiders, coming last year, and now with the construction of Allegiant Stadium, everything that has happened, uh, the NFL draft awarded here, unfortunately, because of COVID, did not get to experience that, but fans will get a chance to experience that this coming year, as well as the Pro Bowl, which was also scrapped last year as well, too. So just uh, in the matter of a couple years, you're going to have the Super Bowl, which will take place February 11, 2024, the Pro Bowl, NFL draft, and of course, you know the Raiders calling Las Vegas home here. So it's a it's a great time to be a sports fan here in Las Vegas. And not even just a sports fan, just to be you know part of the fabric and, and part of the community and everything. The announcement today comes exactly two years ago that the Raiders played their finale, their last home game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Two years ago today, that happened, and today they made the announcement uh, officially that uh, they'll be hosting Super Bowl 58. Uh, Remember, Super Bowl, a little bit later, you're going to be now dealing with around Valentine's Day uh, because uh, the NFL extended the season to 17 games, so usually it's that, that first Sunday in February. Now, for now on, it will be 
the uh, second Sunday in uh, February, uh, which is uh, which is good news for me because I would always have to to uh, handle juggling my daughter's birthday when it would come on a Sunday or even like Saturday before or whatever. It's like, oh man, that's you know now, now I don't have to worry about that. And she reminded me about that immediately when this announcement came. She's all right, Dad. Great. Don't have to uh, deal with the uh, you know me getting uh, you know my birthday shoved aside. Oh, yeah. She always held that against me. She did not like it. Are and you crazy? It, and in Green Bay, it was an issue because the Packers usually vying for Super Bowls, you know? So, you know, you're dealing with potentially playing, travel, all that kind of stuff. So, no, nah, it's great. It's great. Allegiant Stadium is fantastic. And, uh, you know, could the Raiders be playing <laughs> in that game? Yeah. Let's don't go that far, right? As we just got off the phone with TJ Reeves talking about that the Buccaneers did it last year. Played. And one in their home stadium. All right. All right. Heidi Fang is getting ready to join us. We're going to talk to her as we get ready for the Raiders traveling to Cleveland. Uh, we got plenty more breaking news to talk about as well. This just in. Damon Arnett. Remember when he was shown the door by Mark Davis and company? Said, get the heck out of here after he was yielding a weapon while he was trying to say that he was going to kill somebody, uh, showcasing a machine gun. And then Mark Davis says, we can't have this on the heels of the Henry Ruggs situation. And Damon Arnett was released. Well, guess what? Today, there's an NFL taker. The Miami Dolphins have signed Damon Arnett to the practice squad. Are you crazy? Yes. People are desperate, aren't they? They're desperate. They will let talent outweigh common sense or just people doing the right thing. Yes. This guy had a machine gun. He's flashed a machine gun, carrying around his house. And the Dolphins, they want, they want to entertain this clown on their team? Even though he's a practice squad, guess what? He's at practice every day. He's got a locker in that locker room. He's getting a number. He's getting an opportunity if somebody goes down to get inserted into the 53-man roster. Damon Arnett should not be allowed on an NFL roster, period. The Raiders, when they selected him, Mike Mayock said, well, probably should have selected him, but, you know, we saw the red flags when he was at Ohio State. But talent, yes, Talent overtook that. And today what happens again after now, what, five weeks? Five weeks since he was let go by the Raiders. Like I said, putting a video out there where he's carrying a machine gun saying he's going to kill somebody repeatedly. Please. Miami Dolphins signed Damon Arnett to the practice squad. All right, let's touch on that with the... The Raiders, hybrid reporter, because she does it all. Heidi Fang, what's going on, girl? Hey, what's up, PC? How you guys doing today? We're doing good. I know that you're on a little bit of a, you're like on tour right now. You know, we talk, we talk about our good friend Dennis Gaxiola, who's touring with Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias, coming to the Mirage. Heidi Fang's on tour, too. I think Heidi Fang is in a different city eight of the next 11 days. Am I accurate with that? Pretty close, right? Uh, I think that's about right because I go Kansas City, Vegas, Dallas, 
Vegas, Cleveland, and then I'm going to California, and then I come back, and I think, where am I going after that? Vegas. You got a home game here next week against Denver. Exactly. How's your frequent flyer miles doing? Pretty good, huh? Oh, rocking on. Yeah, Yeah, just reserved some rooms and points. Going to book a massage next and points. Just kidding. I don't know. All of those things can happen. Book the massage. All right. Member status. There we go. Now, now, <laughs> you, now you do realize that when you do the massage, we're going to have to do the segment from the massage. You understand that, right? No, no, no. No. Negative on that, TC. <laughs> what are you talking We've gone AT&T store. We've gone uh, tailgate parties. It is the interview with Heidi Fang. What is wrong with the massage table we'll probably get some mood music going in the background i mean it's not video <laughs> heidi silence. it's not video it's audio this <laughs> is radio you know. silence on the radio for one whole minute and see what, how that yeah. works out yeah you I, i'll tell you what we'd be hearing here's what we'd be hearing with heidi fang in the massage uh room that's what we'd be hearing she'd be asleep that's what would be happening we'd be hearing snoring from heidi fang the tranquility tranquility that's what i'm about there it is <laughs> All right. Uh, what about the news? You just heard me talk about Damon Arnett. Come, what you are the dolphins? so relaxed you're thinking about tranquility. I forgot what news we're talking about, TC. Uh, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very little. I get it. What do we think about the Dolphins signing Damon Arnett to the practice squad today? Oh, it shouldn't have happened. I know. Crazy. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, I'm with you. I heard your uh, set up there as you were bringing me in, and I agree that after what you see with all of the posts that he had put up. I, I can't remember if it was TikTok or Instagram, whatever it was. You shouldn't be posting that, first of all. Secondly, the amount of guns that he, this guy had on him, it's just uh, it's beyond outlandish, the things that he said in that post and the guns that he was brandishing. And I just don't think it was uh, wise of any NFL team to bring him back on to any roster, practice squad or not. That's my opinion. Yep. Okay. That's good. All right. Let's uh, get to the game here. Um the Cleveland Browns announced today Baker Mayfield and head coach Kevin Stefanski test positive for COVID-19. Uh, if they don't turn in two negative tests by Saturday, they will not play. Remember, the game is on Saturday in Cleveland. Browns now have eight players affected, uh, four offensive starters, including Jarvis Landry, um, offensive guard uh, Wyatt Teller, offensive tackle Jedrick Wills, tight end Austin Hooper, and then on the defense side of the ball, uh, Tack McKinley, he is uh, um, yeah, affected by COVID-19 as well, too. I don't know. I, this is going to be a, a fluid situation here. We're going to have to keep an eye on here. But uh, do the Raiders kind of get a little bit giddy when you see, well, hey, maybe no Baker Mayfield and, uh, and, and Jarvis Landry? What are you thinking here? Yeah, I think if you're facing Case Keenum, it's definitely a lot better of an outlook plus the amount of players that are starters that are affected by this right now. I mean, like I think Steve Weiss put it on Twitter earlier this morning saying that with the amount of guys out, the Raiders are nearly guaranteed to win. But it's like you still have to be able to prepare for the team that will be on the field. And uh, as per our own Vinny Bonsignori said that if there are 46 guys ready to go, then they can still play the game. Roger Goodell spoke in a meeting here where we are in Dallas, and it's no plan of postponement, so this game will happen, and it's just a matter of which players are going to be in position for the Browns at this point, and if their head coach will or will not be on the field, being that he's also affected by this. 
Yeah, and Roger Goodell did say this game is going on. It will not be postponed. And I know some reporters yep. asked, asked Kevin Stefanski that earlier today. They said, well, we'd like to see this game postponed. And he just said, hey, uh, you know, we, we're looking forward to put, we're playing the game. You know, that's it. But, uh, of course, you, you want to be at full strength. But And I'm glad that the NFL is saying, hey, you know, uh, we're we're trudging on here because that's what they said in the very beginning here. Uh, you know, and the NBA is going through it too. NBA had to do a couple postponements because you know the the Bulls fell below the eight man limit. But last night we saw the Brooklyn Nets only have eight. Uh, but you know, hey, if if you if you if you got forty six, you're playing. So uh, count on it. Now, obviously, the line is going to be affected in this game. I know that uh, uh, Raider money is already coming in. But let's remember oh, sure. something. Let's remember something, Heidi. The Browns are no stranger to this. They went through this last year, where Stefanski couldn't coach the game. They're missing several other players, and they still beat the Pittsburgh Steelers about this time of year, almost a year ago to the date. Yeah, in the NFL, you can't discount the players that are on the field, even if they are backup guys, even if they aren't the starters for the Browns. I mean, they're still going to be playing at a high level. They're going to. Most likely, I don't know how their practice situation would be working out right now with so many guys that are on that list, but I, I think that, you know, they're going to come prepared, obviously. So it's just uh, a matter of how prepared they can be on a short week with all of the uh, players that are being uh, put on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Browns, uh, again, affected by this, uh, at least eight players, you know, right now. For the Raiders, the issues are more on the field. Uh, you know what? What effect? Let's go back to the to the game on Sunday because we haven't got a chance to talk. You know, since then, what effect did that loss have on this team as they've been practicing this week? Well, you know, I honestly haven't been able to see the team out there in practice. Um, and even today, if I were in Vegas, they uh, did not have a practice viewing session for the media. So it's a little hard to try to, you know, make sense. Obviously, you know, the sense is that they're going to try to put their best effort out there on the field as well. Sorry for the noise. I'm changing rooms here. Uh, <laughs> Add that to the list. There always, it is. Changing the rooms in the hotel. Exactly. Now, is your key working? Is that the is that the problem here? Is the key not working? Well, you know what? It got uh, demagnetized See? yesterday. Oh, look, there's a conference here in the meeting room B. But Ooh. there's let's eavesdrop. As to the Raiders, it's just, uh, you know, they have to get their mindset together to be able to put together four wins on the rest of the season and uh, they keep themselves in the playoff hunt because if you can't win out here in Cleveland and if you don't go back and beat the Broncos and the Chargers, two divisional games that they have ahead on the schedule and then also facing the Colts who are right now in a good position in the playoff picture – you're not going to make it in. So it's a matter of the Raiders putting together a strong, solid effort and trying to get a win together on the field. We're just going to let this uh, moment. We're going to let this moment simmer a little bit. We're going to let Heidi, uh, you know, relax a little bit, catch her breath, uh, make sure that she can get into her room fine. There it is. <laughs> How did you know I was there? I could tell. <laughs> Look at that. I'm all set. I want you to. From Roger Goodell's podium to the PC Martin show. There it is. Back to a new room with the key that, if you could hear that click, bloop, bloop, we are good to go. Oh, there we go. Wait, why Dallas? I mean, we got a game in Cleveland. Uh, It's Kansas City last week. How'd you end up in Dallas? What's the deal with that? Well, 
there's the NFL owners meeting. Right. Mark Davis is here. Right. We're right. Vegas Nation, baby. We got to put all this stuff together. Oh, look at this. There it is. NFL owners meeting. That's true. You know, happening here in December. So there you go. Good stuff. All right, Heidi. Um, thoughts about uh, the news coming today. Two years to the day that the Raiders played their final game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Today is the announcement that Super Bowl Twenty Four happened. Uh, coincidence? I- uh, ironic at all that, uh, that this announcement was made today? Uh, yeah, no, I, I just think it's a matter of the actual schedule that they already have in place yeah. that puts all these things together at these particular times. So I wasn't looking into it too much as being, you know, anything to do with uh, coincidence. I know it's, it's an interesting one. I can't it, deny it that. It is. I think it's very, very interesting. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure uh, owners are very happy and no problem. I mean, nobody voted against Las Vegas for a Super Bowl, did they? I didn't get the official count on the vote. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so we literally just left the meetings. And so, like, I, I, I just abandoned my two writers to come into a place oh, that's wow. quiet to be able to do the show with TC. Yeah. So I can't really pick uh, the brains of what information they <laughs> might have received. So um, only because, like, you know, I'm I'm um, constantly on the run at these things. So I went from doing... The um, meeting with uh, the press the conference that we had with the NFL and Mark Davis, and then checking in on the announcement from Allegiant, and then going back and getting Mark Davis so we could deliver a one-on-one interview. And we also spoke with Steve Hill from the Las Vegas Convention uh, Visitors Authority. So we had him as an interview as well. He had a lot of good things to say about the city being prepared for this type of event and just the shows that Las Vegas puts on and how ready the city will be to host the Super Bowl. So that was great uh, stuff from him. And then we went back. Got a one-on-one interview again with Mark Davis and then spoke with Roger Goodell. Now here I am with UTC. Look at this. And she didn't mention any food. I mean, did you at least get a sandwich in there somewhere? Food? (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing. She goes, hopefully I'm going to have a damn good dinner tonight. It was a black and white cookie. Yeah, right? It was a black and white cookie with my name on it, but I left it to come to talk to you. Uh, I'm not even kidding. That's it. I I believe it. I mean, she is dedicated. I mean, again, I knew that she was traveling and her schedule was crazy. Then she goes, hey, I think I I I can come on today. I said, I appreciate it. Uh, She is Heidi Fang, Las Vegas Review Journal. She is at the uh, NFL owners meeting in Dallas, and then she'll be heading to Cleveland. Uh, Heidi, I do want to go back uh, to more of the game from Sunday uh, with the Raiders and the Chiefs, and I, I didn't get your take. I mean, everyone got my take, you know, on Monday and Tuesday about the pregame nonsense, you know, with, uh, you know, Ngakwe saying, hey, come on, guys, let's, let's go to the 50-yard line, let's go to the arrowhead, and let's make fools of ourselves here in this juvenile behavior. I, I'm curious, uh, your thoughts, number one. And then number two, if you look... And I know Derek Carr kind of didn't really even want to talk about it, but Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota were the two, the first two guys that really hightailed it back to, to the locker room. To me, it looked like they didn't really want to be part of this. And could there be some friction, you know, maybe in the locker room at this point in time because the team's losing and everything? But just you know, this is this thing got really blown up, you know, in the media, and people are talking about it. It was an embarrassing uh, situation for the Raiders. You know, followed by an embarrassing performance on the field, losing forty-eight to nine. Give me some thoughts on all this. Yeah, it, 
Well, I don't even know where to start. I know. I, I hit you with a lot there, too. I hit you with a lot, but no, just, just okay. run, run with it. You start with the first play of the game, and it was a complete debacle. You know, handoff to Josh Jacobs fumble. You have five turnovers in a game. I don't care if the offensive line is or isn't blocking or giving him enough time to throw the football. If you have five turnovers in a game, you're not going to win. It's that plain and simple. That's all you can say about that. It, you go out and the defense is flat and the offense is flat and there's no, you know, quick start to this game, especially if you're going to go stand on the shield, the middle of the field on top of the other team's logo, you better be ready to put out your best fight game ever. You better have had the plan to beat them and know what the secret ingredient is in the Colonel Chicken original recipe. Because otherwise, <laughs> you ain't going to be the ones walking away with the win. Instead, you're going to look embarrassed and flat. And that's what happened. Is this what happened? Look at a bucket of chicken. She brought in chicken. She brought in food into it. Outstanding. You know I you're hungry. I got to bring in the food. You're Come on hu- now, CC. You are hungry, aren't you? I love it. I love it. I'm dying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you expect to see on Saturday from this team? Well, it, it's going to be a cold weather game, and I think that really means they have to be a physical team. They're going to have to put out the best like type of physical game that they can, and I don't know how well they'll be able to do that in inclement weather. It is going to be, uh, from what I understand, icy and nasty and cold out there, mm-hmm. and with the Browns, again, hurting, they don't have their roster together. They've got you know, a lot of guys with COVID. We don't know right now who can come back, who's not going to come back, who's going to be able to go. So that is all going to be up in the air. And lastly, you know, you think about um, and just what we saw last week. This team has been so inconsistent, the Raiders, that you have to wonder what team – is going to show up. Are we going to see an inspired team go out there and play uh, a collective effort type football game? Or are we going to see guys that come out flat and slow and just look like, oh, well, we already lost. And you hear Derek Carr saying that, hey, most of our guys are putting their best foot forward. That's not what I want to hear. Right. I want to hear that the entire team is working as a unit and coming together and trying to put out everything that they got, every ounce of themselves on the field. And that's not to say that they don't when it comes on Sunday. But when you hear the quarterback, who's supposed to be the face of the team, saying that they have not put out uh, most of the guys, most of the guys are doing this, most of the guys are doing that, that's not saying to me that that's a unified locker room. And you need that. And I don't care if it sounds like I'm being a cheerleader or that, you know, that's a, a not what the, you know, everybody's like in the NFL or all these kinds of things. The important thing is that these guys get their minds right, get their bodies right, because the Raiders are hurting as well with injuries. You know, you got Trayvon Mullen with the toe. You got Darren Waller uh, up in question. You don't know about him. You know, there's a lot of defensive players as well that are banked up, especially the leading tackler in Denzel Perryman. That's huge. So you got to have guys that are going to go out there and play physical football because in the you know, inclement weather, pass is probably going to be taken away because of the ice and the cold and the rain and all those things. So you're going to have to play smash mouth football. They have to get in some faces and have to make hard tackles. And that's going to be all the keys of the game, in my opinion. No, and you're, you're absolutely right with that. And then it does beg the question, if there's something wrong here, 
you know, uh, in the locker room. And again, you know, when you're playing bad, you you going back to that Kansas City game, and you and you do that juvenile move of, hey, let's let's go stomp on the, you know, on the the Chiefs logo, and you know that not everybody was down for that. I mean, there, that has to be brought up. That has to be, you know, uh, guys, you know, this was a this was a, a debacle. And I don't know if Derek Carr has done that or if he even would do that. I mean, he's been through this before. He's the face of this franchise. He's the highest paid player. He's the quarterback. And again, you know, he says all he wants to do is win. Well, you had your opportunity. I mean, you know, when this team, you know, was six and three, uh, they had their opportunity here. And now they're, they're, they're right back to where they've been before. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if this locker room is fractured. And we've heard Carr, you know, just say it three, four weeks ago, even five weeks ago when he was talking about, hey, I think people are still showing up early. You know, they're, they're doing this. And, and years past, you know, he said that that wasn't always the case. Well, now it sounds like to me, if we're reading in between the lines, that maybe it's kind of getting back to that. And you know how it is, Heidi. I mean, when you do not have a winning culture, it is so easy to fall back into that routine. And... It, it, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, it wouldn't surprise me if this team goes the rest of the way winless. And these are winnable mm. games. I mean, you look at the game Cleveland here. Okay, yes, Cleveland is banged up. They're injured. But they're coming off a big high right now, too, you know, beating Baltimore. But now, you know, you're going to probably not play with uh, Baker Mayfield. You're not going to have uh, your head coach, Jarvis Lander, your, your best wide receiver. I mean, this is... This is a very winnable game for the Raiders. And I know the Raider Nation will say, hey, if we get this one, well, forget about last week. Now we're 7-7. Seven and seven. We're, we're still back in the, in the thick of it. But the bottom line is this does not look like a playoff-bound team the way it sits right now. And Cleveland doesn't either. So this thing is still kind of wide open. The, the Raiders, if they don't show up to play, I mean, th- then it, it's completely over. Yeah, that that definitely uh, you know the way to put it. it. This is a win win situation, must win situation. So anything less of that, I mean, yeah, sure. There's scenarios in which I'm sure if they had win, you know, three out of four after that, or three out of three, that there is a percentage chance that they can still make it in, depending on who else loses, who else wins, because it's a lot of seven and six teams and a couple of six and seven teams. So you have to think about, you know, that spot there in the hunt and on the bubble and all of that. But of course the, they drift further out of the picture, the more that they lose. And I think two losses in a row would definitely seal it that they will not be a playoff contending team this year. If they can't get that done. Yep. You got it. All right. Heidi Fang uh, joins us from Dallas and she's on her way to Cleveland, get ready to, uh, get ready for the uh, Raiders and the Browns coming up on Saturday. So short week uh, for the Raiders. Have to have a a short memory here coming off of that road loss uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs here. And the Chiefs actually in action you know, tomorrow night. I know the Raiders will have their eyes on that game. A uh, quick take on, on Chiefs and the Chargers, Heidi. Well, yeah, that's another one. Uh, COVID concerns with the Chiefs right now as well, as far as I understand. So that's going to be an issue to see who goes on the field for them. Of course, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, two of the best in the AFC West to play uh, the quarterback position. So they're going to be dueling it out. You've got a lot of, uh, you know, I think, question marks to the wide receivers and who's going to be available, I think, with the Chargers, if I'm remembering right, that uh, I think they're getting Keenan Allen back, but you know, there's uh, 
there's some position play there. You're going to have to think how do they play against a guy like the Honey Badger who's coming off a real hot game against the Raiders, how they line up against him. So, yeah, this is going to be a very key game for the division, for playoff standings, you know, for tiebreakers down the road, all those things. So, yeah, it's going to be a really huge one, and I'm sure one that a lot of Raider fans will also be focused in on to find out the outcome. No doubt. All right, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, bring up uh, UFC 269, another one of, uh, you know, Heidi's uh, favorite things to cover, and she's been doing it a long time. I want to talk to you about the Amanda Nunez upset to Juliana Pena. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that, and, and what were your thoughts? I actually will tell you this, and I didn't say it publicly, but I did tell one person who knows that I said it. <laughs> I said that Juliana Pena has all the keys that can be Amanda Nunes, and it was just a matter of her getting it to the ground. So I thought in that first round when she was holding on to that Kimura that that was going to be where she was going to flourish and be able to finish um, Amanda because she has some really nasty ground and pound. Her striking to me has never been super impressive, but apparently she's got enough power that put Amanda Nunez on skates because she was backing up and she was, like, not pressing forward like she normally would. That aggressive lioness that we're used to seeing Amanda being well, she ended up cowering down, didn't she? So uh, I, I was really impressed with Juliana Pena. Um, I did think that she was capable of winning that fight. Um, I didn't think that the odds should have been what they were. I thought it was a little bit settled too far back on, you know, the action with uh, Juliana as far as being, I think she was plus 650 going in. Right. And I thought they were disrespecting her a little bit there. Um, if they had watched film on her, I think the sports books probably would have put in a little bit closer. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely thought Juliana was capable of winning that fight, and she did. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, we see this with UFC. I mean, maybe not to the degree of plus 60, uh, 650 underdogs you know, winning like this, but uh, we, we've seen upset after upset. And uh, like you said, as dominant as Amanda Nunez has been, it, it, it shouldn't shock us. And uh, are we going to see an immediate rematch with this? What, what do you think Dana White's planning? Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, though, um, you know, I don't know if, uh, that can happen right away. We'll see. I, I, I think that's the most sense. That makes the most sense. They're going to have to do that. All right. She is Heidi Fang. She's in Dallas. We will let you go. And uh, there it is, Heidi. Deep breath. Get some food. A little R&R. You know, Numbchuck says that he actually has uh, some massage parlors for you in Dallas. He got some numbers for you if you need that. <laughs> Yeah, you got that kind of time. I'm a working woman, but thank you so much, Nunchuck. <laughs> you gotta relax, girl. You gotta, you know, again, <laughs> you get get the facial going. You get the the warm towels and that. You gotta decompress. That's what you gotta do. Good night sleep, I don't know Heidi. What fan. that mean? You don't know what that What's means? That? That's a, I don't know what you're uh, talking about. All right, all right. go get, <laughs> I, get. I want some good food tonight. Okay, good food. Uh, Send some pictures. Let's go. You deserve it, girl. Deserve it. Yeah, I don't even know where to go. Oh my goodness, this is I, I, I. This girl can never travel with me. Are you kidding me? I mean, she's on the go all the I time. I got so she- much work to do right now. Right now, I'm backing up on work. I got so much work to do. It's ridiculous. I got like eight press conferences to edit oh. and like three thousand photos. I'm sorry. Okay, I, now I feel uh, really guilty of uh, of having you on with me tonight. But uh, thank you very no. much. Don't. I did it to myself. There you go. All right. We'll be uh, looking forward to seeing all those videos and the coverage for the Raiders and the Browns coming up on Saturday. Okay, CC. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me on as always. You got it, girl. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay. There it is. Bye-bye. Relax. There it is. 
as we now go to the break, as we take a deep breath, more nonstop sports talk coming your way on the T.C. Martin Show. Hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm from Germany. Yip, yeah, yo, Schweinebacke. When I'm in America, I'm listening to T.C. Martin Show. Don't forget, we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on Friday, our Friday home. Each and every Friday, you got to love that. Best bet segment and a whole lot more. Eh? NFL games and the bowl games. It is time for the bowl games. And I love it that the Las Vegas Bowl is actually now pushed back to December the 30th. It's right in that New Year's Day, New Year's Eve window. I love that. Because normally we would be talking about the Las Vegas Bowl happening this weekend. Remember we had John Sassente. He came down last week at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. That was great stuff uh, as well, too. So, uh, yeah, um, we will uh, definitely be, be talking about that. All right, 702-221-7283. Love to hear from you today about thoughts about Steph Curry, thoughts about the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. You're a Las Vegas resident. I want to hear from you, 702 221-7283. 221-7283. First-time callers, love to hear from you as well, too. Thoughts about uh, the big game finally coming to Las Vegas and coming here in a short period. I mean, we get the Raiders last year. At the end of the second season, towards the end of the second season, boom, the announcement comes today that the Super Bowl will be taking place at Allegiant Stadium Coming at you here. I want your thoughts. 221-7283. February 11th, 2024 is the date. That will be Super Bowl 58. February the 11th. And uh, remember, that Super Bowl originally was scheduled for New Orleans. Because, uh, that you know, but then when the NFL extended the season another week to a 17-game schedule, that actually affected Mardi Gras for this date. So, the uh, the game has been moved to Las Vegas, and it looks like it'll be flipped with New Orleans. They will get to host it uh, the following year in 2025. But uh, the announcement coming today, again, how ironic. Two years ago today, the Raiders played their final home game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. And uh, like we talked with Heidi Fang about, seems kind of ironic, but then again, you know, the... Uh, the NFL owners' meetings are taking place in Dallas, and they're all gathering. They voted today, and uh, it's official. So Super Bowl coming here, 2024, February 11th, Super Bowl 58. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, news that we talked about today as well, Damon Arnett, who the Raiders cut loose, uh, signed to the practice squad by the Miami Dolphins today. Arnett, last time we saw him, this moron was uh, you know, yielding a machine gun and Mark Davis said, that's enough, you're gone, and the Miami Dolphins pick him up. Are you kidding me? So I rant and raved about that a little bit later. If you got thoughts on that, we can hit it all for you right here. All right, let's go to the phones uh, for this segment. Uh, let's go talk to Karen. Karen, thanks for calling. What's happening? Hey, TC, I just wanted to call in real quick. Well, actually, you just said that Miami, there's no, I mean, what can you say? It's Miami. <laughs> Every bit of Miami sports is machine gun type. So anyway, um, I just wanted to say that I personally watched the HBO thing, uh, real sports on Mark Davis 
And what bothered me about it was they ended it, and of course they're right, but they said, you know, it doesn't matter what he does, he has to bring a winning team here. And if he doesn't win, you know, all this is for naught. And I'm going to disagree 100% because what he has done for this town in the short time he's been here is far more than some owners have done. I mean, look at Cleveland, for goodness sakes. Uh, it's so much more than what most owners have done in the lifetime of their career. What he has done with the Aces, what he has done with that stadium. um, And I always tell everybody when they were building it, I thought it was one of the ugliest. I'm like, this looks like a spaceship. And now I drive by going, it actually is one of the few stadiums, current state, you know, newer stadiums. That is gorgeous. I mean, it is not an eyesore. Um, you know, I think of some of them, they look like Jiffy Pop popcorn. Uh, a lot of them look like... Well, don't forget, Soldier like, Field looks like a spaceship. I don't know what went wrong there. Yeah, and Bears fans spaceship. are going like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And, and I actually thought that when they were building it, but by putting that black and silver on the outside, I mean, it is really adds to the... Uh, actually, to the style of Las Vegas. I love it. But what he's done... You know, I always say an owner, you know, you have to go out and get the players. You have to do what you need to do. You have to show you're trying to build a team. I think he has had a mess of a mess since he's been here. I think he's trying, but he can't go play the game for him. I mean, I'm sure there are times he's sitting in his little booth going, God, I wish I could throw that football instead of car. I mean, you know, um, I just think what he has done for this town and and in a such a short time is amazing. And now to get the Super Bowl here is unbelievable. Uh, to your point, I'll just add on to that. Uh, go back and look where this franchise was. Okay, This Oakland Raiders franchise has been a mess for a long time, not just on the field, but off the field. And people that are familiar with the Bay Area and, and know w- what happened back there, I mean, they had every opportunity to keep this team. And even myself, as much as we reap the rewards being in Las Vegas with this team, I wanted the Raiders to stay in Oakland. I think every football fan wanted the Raiders to stay in Oakland. Every Raiders fan really wanted to stay in Oakland. Uh, you know, you could even say that you know, people who live in Los Angeles, because that was the home of the Raiders. And when they were good, and when that stadium was halfway decent, which was like 20 years ago, that was a huge home field advantage to have. But it's been a disgrace over the last decade. The sewage problems, not being able to, uh, to sell out the place, putting a, a tarp uh, you know, in the upper deck. But that all falls not on the fans of the Bay Area, but it falls on the politicians because they are the ones that created this mess. The mayor, Libby Schaff, they had every opportunity to either improve that stadium on that land or to build that stadium in Jack London Square, which they've talked about now forever, whether it's the A's, whether it's uh, the Raiders or each one of them having a stadium or sharing, whatever. I mean, they have dropped the ball on that thing, but Mark Davis said, you know what? We've got other places that are interested, and kudos, you're right, to Mark Davis for saying, let's, let's, let's take this to Las Vegas, and having the, the, the city council and the visitors uh, authority and the commission here just welcoming them with open arms and making this thing happen, and, and 
how quickly that the laborers put this thing up. And like you said perfectly, it's not an eyesore. It's lovely. It's beautiful inside and outside. And for this thing, the way it went up, and then the way you you open up with the grand openings with the concerts and then everything else that's going on. And now you have the Pac-12 championship game. You're going to have World Cups here. You're going to have major soccer. We had the Rolling Stones. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And now you're getting the Super Bowl here. Yeah, that all goes to Mark Davis for, for being the creditor of this thing and making it happen here in Las Vegas. Well, and I heard you talking uh, with Matt about there isn't a bad seat in the house. To me, that's important. Um, I will tell you, for a lot of my friends uh, that went to Jerry World for the Super Bowl and couldn't even I couldn't even see, first of all, but could barely identify who's playing, I think if you build a stadium that can hold that many people and every seat is a good seat, kudos to you. I, I'm just, I'm really impressed. I think it's great. Um, I think he's done so much, and not just with the teams, but what he does for the community. Um, I just see these guys out, other than a few people that want to speed down and crash, but I think he's got the players, both with the Aces and the Raiders, saying, hey, you need to be part of this community, and that's important. Mm -hmm. No, I, I I totally agree with that. And again, you know, Mark Davis is a guy. He's he's a community guy. He's always been a community guy, uh, and he has been the last uh, few years in in Oakland. Again, he he didn't really want to leave, but then he just decided, hey, if, if this is going to happen, let's uh you know let's make this home. Let's really make it home, and let's uh you know build the multi million dollar practice facility that they have there in Henderson. And then you talk about the Aces. I mean, he loves Las Vegas. He loves women's basketball. I want to purchase this thing. Not only going to purchase them, but you know what? I want to build them a facility too. If I'm going to build the Raiders a facility, I'm going to build the Aces a facility, so they are now going to have the -the state-of-the-art practice facility, headquarters, and complex of the entire WNBA. And you can say what you want about Jerry Jones in Dallas, and they got fantastic facilities too. What they've done in Frisco, Texas is second to none. And, you know, the Raiders facility is right behind that. And you might not be able to top that, but again, when you're talking about free agency and having players, you want to come here as far as football players in the NFL and even WNBA players, uh, those women, Las Vegas is at the top of the list right now because of Mark Davis, uh, because of what this community is all about. And again, let's, let's, let's give Mark Davis credit going back to uh, you, what you mentioned in the beginning about you know, Damon Arnett. I mean, Mark Davis said, you know what? we're not going to tolerate this nonsense of, of a guy coming over here and going on social media and yielding a machine gun. He's cut. He was cut immediately. Yeah. And then the same thing with Henry Ruggs. As bad of a, a situation that was, Mark Davis said, we've got to let him go because this is not what our franchise is all about. We're not going to stand for that because they want bigger and better here, uh, bigger and better people, uh, and they want bigger and better facilities, and they're getting that. And uh, today is just a culmination of of what Mark Davis has done with uh, the NFL owners voting unanimously to say Super Bowl 58 is in Las Vegas in 2024. Awesome. I I am so looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, taking the time with me today. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate the phone call. There it is. All right. uh, Again, big day today here in Las Vegas because it is official. February 11th, 2024, Super Bowl 58. uh, That uh, is is definitely happening to go along with the Pro Bowl, with the NFL draft, 
in uh, in everything else uh, you got going on here in Vegas. All right, uh, taking a look at uh, last night again. I cannot go without talking about Steph Curry and uh, what Steph Curry accomplished uh, last night. The three point king with 2,974 and counting. Uh, again, uh, Steph Curry tied the record last night. He needed two to break it against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. It sounded like this. Yeah, I can't even remember. Curry went to fly. to the line. Here is the tying three in the all-time record. And Stephen Curry knows he's got one more to go to stand alone. Alec Burks guarding it from the start. Wiggins again. Here's Curry for the record. It's good! There it is! Stephen Curry! The all-time three-point king in the NBA! The Warriors win the game last night, 105-96. And as we talked uh, with Bill Cartwright last hour, uh, how great to break that record at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, all right, the world's most famous arena. And it happened last night in a very electric atmosphere. A great crowd on hand for a midseason game that featured a bad home team in the Knicks. And we know how bad the Knicks are. I mean, you got the Kings, you got the Knicks, two of the worst franchises, uh, uh, you know, in, in all of the NBA, and the Knicks have just been bad upon bad as much as they've tried. But you get Steph Curry coming in there last night with the Warriors. Uh, it was almost a, a pro-Warrior crowd last night. Uh, Warriors, of course, playing great uh, basketball again. But, yeah, for Steph Curry to, to break the record at Madison Square Garden, pretty cool. And I know that uh, Warrior fans and Steph Curry and Steve Kerr and all of his teammates, of course, they wanted to break this uh, record at the Chase Center in San Francisco. But uh, you got to do it when you can. Did it on the road. He only needed two. He ended up getting uh, five last night. So congratulations to Steph Curry. And you've heard me talk about Steph you know, time and time again, not only being the best three-point shooter uh, that the NBA has ever seen, but just the, the best scorer. No question about it. And the NBA has had great scores. Whether you're talking about guards, forwards, centers, big men, I understand. And like Bill Cartwright said, this is going to be a little bit skewed because Steph Curry re- really reinvented the game with the way that everyone else now is shooting three-pointers. And for a lot of NBA purists, it's a sickening sport to watch because everybody wants to fire up threes. But just to you know, put it in perspective, when Steph Curry came into the league his first season in 2009-2010. Each team was averaging, making six three-pointers a game. They were attempting only 18. Now, that's going back 10 seasons, all right? Well, actually, it's more now. You're talking about Steph Curry's in his 13th season, right? But look where the game has gone today. Today, 13 years later. Each team is average in 35 attempts. That's some garbage basketball, okay? Because you don't have that many great three-point shooters in the game of basketball. Okay, the average makes for each team now is 12, all right? So you're getting 35 attempts, and you're getting 12 maids. That's what you're getting in a game right now in the NBA. 
And if you want to go back to the inception of the three-point line, going back to 1979-1980, that season, teams attempted three. Three three-point field goal attempts. That's what they were doing. And the NBA teams were averaging making one per game. That's it. One. Less than one. Because obviously they weren't they weren't shooting, you know, thirty-three and a third percent. No. But that is the evolution of the game and where it is today. Is it is it a good product right now? Some people argue the NBA is great. I'll tell you what the NBA it, it does a great job at, and that's marketing. And they've done a fantastic job. And that goes back to bird and magic, you know, you know, when you go back to seventy nine, eighty and then you go to those teams, you know, with the bad boys and the pistons and those Chicago Bulls teams, you know, going back in the eighties and the nineties. Uh, and then what the Warriors did to really uh, revitalize uh, the NBA as well, too. And, of course, LeBron James had a lot to do with that also. But, you know, the NBA now, it needs its superstars bigger and better than ever because with the foreign invasion, with a lot of the young players that people cannot really identify uh, to um, or with, uh, they need guys like Steph Curry to stay in the game as long as possible. Steph Curry's been in this league for uh, 13 seasons. All right? LeBron James on his way out. When people want to, you know, and I've been in these debates all the time, who's the greatest? Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and I have always said it's Michael Jordan. And I will go ahead and argue with any, anybody that wants to talk about Steph Curry not being in the same class as LeBron James. You're nuts. You're crazy. And it's right here in front of you. Because Steph Curry, not only is he the best three-point shooter of all time, but he's the greatest scorer at all time. You need a bucket. I don't care about his size. You go to Steph Curry. He will get the job done. Say what you want about Kevin Durant. Love Kevin Durant. All right? But you go back to Steph Curry, what he's done for this game, and how he's done it with class. You're never going to hear about Steph Curry uh, getting thrown out of a strip club or Steph Curry you know, getting arrested for drinking too much. Not going to happen. This guy, he's a family man. He's happily married, has children, comes from a, his father, Del Curry, a former you know, NBA great player. Again, these second-generation guys, they get it. They totally get it. So Steph Curry should be commemorated today, not only for being the best three-point shooter the game has ever seen, but just being a class act and one of the best players that people should be happy to watch, whether it's in person, whether it's on television, Steph Curry and these Golden State Warriors, fantastic to watch. Great watching him last night break the record at Madison Square Garden. All right, I want to thank the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for joining us. Heidi Fang as well. Appreciate her. She's in Dallas, NFL owners meeting, getting ready to travel to Cleveland as the Raiders take on the Browns. We'll start handicapping that uh, with you tomorrow. Scott Spritzer uh, will join us tomorrow with that. And, of course, Friday, you know we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I want to thank T.J. Reeves for joining us from Tampa Bay as well, too. Buccaneers, they keep rolling. A lot to talk about with them, as well as the Packers and the Cardinals, the Cowboys. Over in the AFC side, the Patriots, the Titans. Man, it's it's looking good. All right? We got a lot to talk about. Now can these teams stay healthy with COVID? We'll have more updates with that as the numbers keep rising and rising. For Numbchuck, TC Martin saying so long. Have yourself a good one. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it out at tcmartinshow.com. Steve Berline, our interview with him is up on the website and the homepage. Check that out. Great stuff there. 
All right? So we'll uh, go check that out, and we'll reconvene tomorrow at 2.